Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey everybody, welcome. And thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. My name is Zach Brittle, I'm here with Laura Heck. You know, today, I, I, I like this episode today. We talk about some stuff that's really been kind of showing up in my practice that I kind of have some questions about and it really centers on this idea of what happens when one partner kind of is like, well, what about me? And why should I? And why is this my responsibility? And it, and I think Laura really points me and this conversation in some really good directions. It recalls for me something that I think we talk about a lot, um, but that is was this painting I saw on a wall in Korea. And the phrase that it said was, respectful disconnection brings healthy connection. And I think uh, that's what we're chasing. We're chasing respect, even in disconnection. Um, and then, of course, healthy connection. And uh, yeah, I think this episode uh, shines a light on some of that. This is a very cool conversation. Stick around. We are in an interesting state. There doesn't seem to be a lot of energy from either of us. Well, I still have jet lag, probably. I'm, I'm still, I don't know. I'm still trying to catch up. It was weird. It's weird to go. For me, it's weird to go to Virginia for four days. Yeah. And I went to Korea for four days. Yeah. You know, I was actually so, just looking at tickets to Maine uh, to go with yeah. Becky Sneed. Yeah. And okay. it is okay. no joke. It was like an average of 11 hours just to get to the other side of the United yeah. States. Just yeah. like, if I'm going to go to Maine, I might as well just go to London. I might as well just, just keep going. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. 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 Why not? So, yeah, I totally understand. Yeah. Like, it's, uh, it is. Travel is tough. I don't know. I You know, I I... I have a lot of thoughts about travel. I almost want to like, like really lean into it a little bit and see if there's something we can do like at the, like, like a whole topic level, because I, I, first of all, I can't wait. I can't believe that. Well, I was 50 before I traveled internationally. Like I literally. This is such just, a big topic for you and I really want to lean into it and I'm going to use your yeah. words, but like I find myself I, because I'm not 50 because I've even hit like 40 yet. I'm like, what, yeah. what's, what's the deal? Why do we keep talking about being 50? Well, uh, yeah, that actually, I would like to talk about that too. I don't really know. I, I think, I think for the last two or three years, I've been nearly 50, almost 50. I've been like eating it up. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, this is like, I'm almost practically 50. Yeah. Now that I'm 50, I'm like, this sucks. Like I, what's the difference? I, I'd like, I like being almost 50 way better than, be, I don't know. I haven't quite, I mean, it's only been a little over a week, a week but I think, You're an adult now. I think there's just something existential about it. And then like, collide with this other existential thing, which is that I now have seen the world or seen a portion, like little micro slice of Europe and then a little micro slice of Asia. That's right. Because before we went to Germany, you had never traveled internationally no, other than like no. Canada and Mexico, which doesn't count no, totally. in the I, US. No, no. So there I am. And I'm like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. 
This world is like really big. Yeah. And and this is the bigger part. And everybody's doing just fine. What do you mean? Your family? Without no, you? I mean, like there are there are billions of people on the yeah. planet who are doing just fine. Okay. They don't need me. They don't need America. They don't need to worry about my little problems that I have. Mm -hmm. They're not even really worried about maybe marriage stuff. Like they're just mm -hmm. living their life and they're doing their thing. Yeah. And then, and then again, I'll go into it in a lot of detail because I can, but Korea was fascinating and differentiated from Germany in this way, which was, I literally felt like I was an alien on another planet. Yeah. Like nobody looked like me, yep. could not recognize the alphabet. I was like, is this a pharmacy? I don't know. This might be a pharmacy. It I walk like in. I didn't even know what they're too. Like, oh, uh, not really. No, I mean, no, I mean, in, in the resort, because I was kind of the speaker, okay. they treated me nice. But once I got out into the, like the city, yeah. I was just like, I was invisible. I mean, and people were not trying to bend over backwards to speak English to talk to me. Right. They were like, it was just like, what do you like? Cool, man. Thanks for being here. Uh, like, go ahead and do your thing. Okay. Go ahead and let's, go away. I, I want to kind of dig in just a little bit because here in the United States, you're white, you're a man. You have mm -hmm. some age under yep. your belt. I got all the privileges. Yes, you I have checked all, all the, the privileges. And yep. you had an experience of going to another country and just simply yep. not speaking the language. You and you, nothing special about Listen, you. Listen, I still had privilege. I don't doubt that at all. Yeah. Like I'm not about to say, oh yeah, I've, poor me. But I, I felt for the first time in my life like I do not belong here. Mm -hmm. I th th like this is not for me. Mm. This is this was not made for me. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm a little bit embarrassed about that, and I don't quite know how to wrap my head around it. But like, I felt, I felt just like I need to be really careful, full of care, okay, full of care about how I Ooh. interact in this world because I don't know a thing. And then it started making me go, "Wow, that's what empathy is." Like that's actually what empathy is: is to kind of go, "I need to appreciate that there's that other people are doing just fine, and they don't need me to like." fix or solve or have an, even have an opinion. Interesting. Like just, just absorb and care mm -hmm. and try and try and adapt, <laughs> you know. Can you so, imagine having a situation like that where you start traveling at an early age and you have that epiphany at the age well, of eight I was rather than on at this 50? tour. Yeah. That, well, yes. And this is actually my, this is probably why I'm kind of like, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. You know, even if I think about my own kids, like they haven't done too, too much traveling, mm -hmm. but I was on this tour bus thing. I, I went on a, like, I, I couldn't, I could not think about how to do soul. So I just signed up for the city tour. Yeah, perfect. Left my hotel at 8.30 a.m., came back at 6.30 p.m. I did all the things. How did you understand? You know? Did you, was there a translator? English, no, I had English, English um, tour guide. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was for tourists. And there was this little family from Salt Lake, and I almost was like, you need therapy? I know somebody who could do therapy for you in Salt Lake, you know. That's but, me, um, by the way. Their kids were, um, I don't know, two little girl, two girls, probably... I'm going to say like nine and 12 and I had lunch with them and I was like, so, you know, is this the first time you guys have traveled? They're like, no, yeah, we have been to pull and a pull and a pull yeah. and a pull. And I was like, whoa, that's amazing. Your parents are amazing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So, but no, I think, I think when we get kind of caught up in our own little thing, whether it's our country or our city or our politics or our family, yeah. or then we do a real disservice to, the rest. And that, that, that is staring me right in the face. Mm. Like it could not be more apparent to me at this moment. Yeah. Because again, I, I get, I went nowhere. And then in the last month I've been on these two international trips. Yeah. I just feel like, holy cow. Yeah. There's a lot more to sort of see and know. 
I always have this experience. Let me explain for a second. So uh, first of all, uh, thank you for everyone who has emailed me regarding Holden's diagnosis of NF2. Um, oh, that's really sweet. Yeah, I've had you quite, quite a few emails. Yeah. And I had a really interesting experience where, like, I just, I haven't responded back to you guys. I haven't. Because I realized that, like, I have been kind of avoiding it in a lot of ways. I was getting ready to go on a family vacation. I I sort of, like, laid it out there. My girlfriend was shocked. She's like, wow, way to air your laundry, like, to the world. I'm like, uh, it's only to six listeners. It's fine. Um, <laughs> and... But what happened was I got all these responses and the responses were very personal to your experiences of NF2, whether it be a sibling, whether it be a family member, whether it be someone you dated, um, whatever it might be. But it was, it dawned on me that I could not, I didn't want to read the emails. Like it made it reality for me. I've sort of been escaping reality a little bit where if I'm not sitting in the doctor's office or looking at my son's scans or, you know, talking to somebody, I don't want to think about it because it's not impacting his life at this very moment, but it certainly will. And it's really scary. I was talking to my girlfriend about this. She said, that's the definition of anxiety is kind of like allowing the unknowns to take over. And there's so many unknowns when it comes to how his diagnosis will show up in his life. So reading about everybody else's experiences of NF2 and how it's impacted their world has been really terrifying for me and scary. And so I just, I'm learning to just not exist in that world of anxiety and unknowns and just be present with Holden's diagnosis. So I haven't responded back to you. I appreciate you guys all emailing me and giving me resources and reaching out. And it's just been... I don't know. That's been an interesting go of it. I didn't expect that to be the response. So that's a thank yeah. you. So that, isn't that interesting what you learn from your own body? Yeah. You're sort of like, I'm going to put this out in the world and that's fine. You, Your body was like, I'm going to try this out. Yeah. And then when you got your responses, your body said, whoa, Mm-mm. you you got, it's, it's not, you might want to slow your roll yeah. a second. You know, like, um, yeah, I think that's really, but it's really there for me when I'm ready for it. And that's, I think yeah. what's important is thank you. And when I'm ready for it, I will take it. Um, and even my girlfriend reached out and she said, hi, I'm coming to bend. I'm going to come sit on your couch and talk to you. And we're going to share wine and we're going to hash it out and we're going to have all the feels. And I was like, oh, that's great. I'm actually not really interested in talking about it. I love you dearly, but that's not the place I'm in right now. I'm actively not engaging. <laughs> well, for what it's worth, I had a client in my office this week and he said, Give Laura my condolences about Holden's diagnosis for NF2. She, he said, just breaks my heart and I feel for her. I was like, I will do that. Yeah. World's rooting for you. And, Thank um, you. Thank you. Or um, the marriage therapy world. I still want to find a little like nickname for our people. You know how like the Taylor Swift people are the Swifties. Yeah. And, like Jimmy Buffett has the parrot heads. Well, I really I wish we had They something. name themselves. So if you have a name mm. that you want to create for yourself, I'm actually surprised how many listeners have been there for the long haul that they've been listening for quite a while. And it's been neat because I know that they've gone through transitions. Like we've had people who have started when they were dating and then they divorced or maybe they were married, they divorced, they have started dating and now they're remarried. Like I've heard all sorts of fun transitions because we've been doing this for six years or longer. Yeah. No, five and a half. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about travel just for a second. Um, I was getting ready to go on an Italian vacation. We show up at the airport. Our bags packed. I've been prepping for this trip. I don't know for weeks, right? Like I, this is mind blowing, by the way. Like I can't even, I can't even imagine. Like talk about empathy. I can't, I can't do it. I can't 
I can't. Anyway, go ahead. I love that this is mind blowing. For me, I was like, meh. But, you know, like for other things that I have shared with you, you're like, meh. Okay, so we show up at the airport. It's it's six in the morning. We get dropped off by Judy Heck. We've mentioned her on the air, on the air for a little while. That's my mother in law. Right, I'm and, her favorite um, person. Yeah, they they are like, can I have your passports? And we hand over our passports. And they said, I'm so sorry, uh, your son's passport expires August 28th. And I was like, I don't know why you're apologizing to me right now. And they said, we cannot let you on the plane. Uh, Italy will not let you into the country if your passport expires. 30 or 90, 90 days, three months past the point of your travel. So we're traveling in June. Point of having an expiration date if it's not real. It's not, well, not only you know, that, but like, like we have a return Here's your expiration flight. date, but it's actually 90 That's days right. before this. Exactly. So we're sorry you didn't read the fine print for Italy, but yeah. Um, yeah. And that was the hard part because Italy wasn't actually the destination. It was Greece. Greece doesn't have the same requirements. Uh, I've said this to many people anyway. For those of you who have never traveled uh, to Italy or Korea or whatever, do read the fine print. Like not only have your passport, but also figure out if your passport is not valid (laughs) because they have new rules and laws. So I'm telling this to my Uber driver. My Uber driver is not originally from the United States. And he goes, well, duh, you stupid white girl. Like... That's that's super common for all all sorts of countries. And I was like, well, oh, man. you know what, buddy? First time. Yeah. First time. So yeah. We never made it to Italy. We sat at the airport and we went, well, what the fuck do we do now? Yeah. Uh, Holden is in tears. Ryan and I, luckily, this is something that I've really learned, is that children are just, they are total mimics. They, they will mimic you. And so mm. if we fall apart, if we're angry, if we're crying, if we're just beyond ourselves, overwhelmed, whatever, they're going to mimic us. And so I just sat there and I was like, oh, man, this is such a stinking bummer. Who could have seen this happening? Mm-hmm. There was no blaming. Easily, Ryan and I could have blamed each other. Easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This one could have fallen into my camp, but we both owned it. And he said, you know what, Holden, this is our fault. That was a big deal. This is our fault. We Mm -hmm. made a mistake, but you know what? It's okay. We're going to learn from it and we're going to make some lemonade. And so we focused on how can we make this crappy situation Was he like, this is our fault while like tilting his head at you? Right, like wink, wink, it was actually mom's fault. Wink, wink, it's mom's fault. So, you know, we got home. Judy had came back to the airport within 30 minutes. She literally made just a round trip, picked us up. And I think within an hour we had rebooked uh, flights for the next day and we were headed out to Cabo which does yeah. not actually have any weird rules about the passport. My valid totally. passport will get me into the country. Yeah. 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 So that's that was something. But what I experienced is anytime I get, and this is a little bit back to you, anytime I go on vacation and I change my environment or I have the experience of just sort of like broadening where I'm at, Bend, Oregon, very small. But mm-hmm. now I'm on a flight. I'm flying. I'm in Mexico. There's people that are speaking different languages. The food is different. The sound of the birds are different. The smells are different. Everything's different. Uh It puts me in a headspace to be able to take some perspective on my life. And I always Uh have the moment where I'm like, I need a notebook anytime I travel because I have a lot of thoughts about how I Uh want to come back to my small little bubble, but I want to change things. And I never have that opportunity unless I am broadening my horizons. So Uh that's where I wanted to go with the idea of travel is that we don't... You don't have to go to Korea to have that experience, go to Germany to Mm -hmm. have that experience or Cabo. 
you can have that experience by doing like a vision quest, which is what my husband does. Sometimes he realizes his perspective needs to change. He's been Uh in his bubble. He has been talking to the same woman for the last 15 years. He's been making the same cup of coffee every single morning. Something needs to change. And so he'll just load up the sprinter van. He'll head out to the coast. He'll sleep under the stars for a few days. He won't talk to anybody, but he takes a notebook and he just changes his perspective. Uh And it's an opportunity for him to hit a reset button. And I think that's where I wanted to go with this idea of travel is that we need the reset sometimes. I think you're 100% right. I think we need new perspective. I think that that is a thing that needs to happen. And the place that that's showing up for me right now in my office is that I am noticing, and it might not be because it's more frequent, it might be because I'm just more noticing it. Huh? Like when you the, buy a new car and every car um, on the road is that car? Maybe, but it's this thing that we talk about sometimes, which is the sin of certainty. Mm-hmm. Like people come in and they start, they start, down whatever road they start down with each other and they lock in almost immediately to I already know everything how this is going to play out I'm already so entrenched in my position and my posture about this that I I can't yield or I refuse to to you know yield and and the thing that I wanted to ask you about this is something that's like I because I think I really need help here is how do you manage or how do you navigate the moment in your office when, when one or the other of them says, well, what about me? Or I'm the one who always, or, but this isn't, but why should I be the one to do? Because that person is locked into their perspective and Mm -hmm. unable to, to, to appreciate or have empathy. Mm -hmm. And I really don't know what to do sometimes because part of what I want to do is go, why don't you quit whining? (laughs) What do you mean? What about you? Mm -hmm. Like, that's the, like the most selfish thing I've ever heard. Mm, okay. You know, and I'm, I'm not going to say that in my office, but, but, but I have been toying with this idea of like greed versus generosity. Mm-hmm. It's a very greedy thing to say, well, what about me? Or why should I be the one? Or how come I'm not getting that so-and-so? Okay. And I, so, yeah, I want to, I actually want your help here because mm-hmm. I don't, I'm, I'm running out of, I think maybe in my 15ness or my jet lag yeah. or my, just my, my general fatigue, I'm running out of like, grace or, or, or mm, agility maybe is what I'm running out of. So, okay. So here's, here's the thing that comes up immediately is if somebody is saying, well, what about me? Or why do I need to go first or whatever? I lean into that because at that very moment, they're too focused on themselves to even hear or pay attention to their partner. It's, it's about me. That's not an effective position to be in if you're going to have a conversation or if you're going to develop empathy or grace or any of that. So I have to go with the partner at that moment Uh who's saying enough about my partner. I need to talk about me for a second. So I pause and I'm not going to cut them off because if I was to put my hand up and I was to say, now, hold on just a moment. Your partner was just saying something really important. And I think it's important that we listen to them. If I was to say that they I don't have them. They are still too wrapped up. And not only that, now they're pissed off at me because I haven't given them space. So Mm. I'm going to go to the partner who was just saying, what about me? And I'm going to say, hey, let's just take a second. I want to check in with you. Like without your thoughts, I want to know your feelings, right? At this very moment, Mm -hmm. can you dig into the feelings that you're having? And they might say, I'm feeling unappreciated. And I go, okay, that's really good. I can work with that. Here's a really interesting thing that happens in therapy. What happens in therapy is that we start to mirror other people. And if you're feeling unappreciated at this very moment, 
the likelihood that your partner is also feeling unappreciated at this very moment is high. So now what I've done is I've taken an experience that they feel is unique and different to them, focused Mm. on themselves. And I have said, that makes sense. You feeling unappreciated makes perfect sense right now. And it is also a mirror to your partner. Because if you're feeling unappreciated, I guarantee your partner's also feeling unappreciated. And I have them look at each other and their partner goes, yeah, I'm also feeling unappreciated. Now they're on the same team. Now there's something that is not unique or me, me, me about my, themselves. Now they're both going, we're both feeling unappreciated. What does that feel like, you guys? What does it feel like when you feel unappreciated? Well, mm, it, When you're both the same. Yes, we're both the same. We are on common ground. Now it's not about me versus you. Now it's us. So mm. that was the, that's the moment of, I have to go with the part that's saying me, 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 me. I need a little spotlight at this very moment. And, but then I, you know, it's tricky. I make it about us. So. Yeah. No, I like that. Yeah. Now, can I give you a, a specific example? Sure. So here's, here's the example that it's pretty, it's pretty standard, but it's like, I don't know, it's in my office in about three different ways right now. Um, he wants to have more sex. She, this is a heterosexual relationship. He wants to have more sex. She wants to have more affection and foreplay. Like she's like, I want to feel emotionally connected in order to be available for sex. And he's like, well, I want more sex. And that's what helps me feel emotionally connected. And so he, in this case, he's kind of got this story now that I don't know why I have to keep pouring into the emotional part when I'm not getting the sex that I want. And so what about me? Why should I have to, and what? And why don't you just... And I don't know how to, like, man, I know how, but I'm finding myself getting less patient with his woe is me, I'm not getting laid story. Mm -hmm. I turned to to him one time and he's like, I just wish that she would do this. Sorry, this was me. Like, kind of, this is where I was like, I need to talk to Laura about this. Um, I just wish she was more, like, interested in turning me on and, and doing things that I want. I told her about how I want her to do this and that. Yeah. And I just said, hey what, what turns your wife on? Yeah. Perfect. And he goes, uh, I don't know. And I was like, this is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I wasn't gentle. And so, you, okay. So these people are in your office. Well, no, and- you just did exactly what I would do, which is you said, he said, I, I want my partner to be more interested in turning me on. And I go, oh my gosh, that's such an interesting experience that you're having. You want your partner to be committed to your pleasure. What a mirror that must be in your relationship. And then I would turn to his wife and I would say, do you want your partner committed to your pleasure? And she goes, yeah, that's why I'm saying I want to be emotionally connected. I want him to look me in the eyes. I don't want him to kiss me. And I want him to like touch me in a non-sexual way that lets me know that he's present and that he cares. Okay. So you both want your partner committed to your pleasure. Yes. Now we're on the same team. Now we're talking about the same thing. I like it. I like it. It, um, I, I stumbled onto this thing that I've already said once today is this idea of greed versus generosity. And it, it reminds me of, uh, Nate and Kaylee Clamp mm-hmm. and how kind of that the 80, 80 marriage mm-hmm. thing that they have. Um, that's their book. It's not a thing that they have, but it's their book and their philosophy, yeah. but it's really about radical generosity. And I was like, we need to go there, go to, you know, I, and, and I almost think like, what about me ought to be a clue so I think if, if, if the moment that you're describing where you say, Hey, maybe we should slow down long enough to say the thing you're feeling maybe is the thing your, your partner's feeling. Yeah. 
if that's the thing they learn or take away, that when they get angry, they go, oh, I wonder if my partner's angry. Or if they get horny, they go, I wonder if my yep. partner's horny. Yep. Or if they get, you know, jealous or sad or whatever. Mm-hmm. Should that be a clue then to check in with the other? This was an interesting dynamic that we've, <clears throat> that we had when we were doing, I say we, but this is Nate Bagley and I were doing the the Epic Wives experiment. Basically what happened was I had a whole lot of women coming to me and saying, I'm overwhelmed. I'm unappreciated. I don't feel loved. I don't feel seen. I don't feel understood. How do I make my partner do all these things? And I said, hey, you know what's really interesting? Um, Why don't you come to the Epic Wives Experiment and work harder on your relationship? And a lot of women were like, why do I need to be the one leaning in and working on my relationship? Why is this a program just for me to work on my relationship? And what we did was we took all of those feelings of, I know you're feeling unappreciated. I know you feel unseen. I know that you feel all these things. And it is also a mirror to what your partner is experiencing and feeling. So if you want to make a shift in your relationship, take those feelings that you're having and use that as a clue as to how your partner is feeling. And again, lean into uh, the generosity because uh, you care at this very moment and you're the one that signed up for the program. So we're going to work with you. So yeah. if you're feeling unappreciated, go and appreciate your partner. If you're feeling unloved, find ways to turn toward your partner and speak their love language. Okay. So I'm going to I'm gonna uh, imagine what my client's going to do when I tell them that. If you're feeling like you want more attention, pay more attention. Yes. Right? Yep. He's going to go, fine. Yeah. Then then what do you say? I say, cool. So this is the experiment. This is why we call it. I say, doesn't sound like it's fine. (laughs) This is why we call it an experiment is I want for you to pay attention to your partner. If you're feeling unloved on whatever, um, any feelings, whatever it might be, I want you to do that for your partner and then just pay attention. And usually what like happens that. is generosity begets generosity. That's where the, yeah. the radical generosity, the eighty eighty, comes from, is that then they turn towards you and they go, oh my God, that feels so amazing. Now I want to mm-hmm. turn towards you. I like that part. In fact, like I've been, I think I've been saying that more often. Like, why don't you just try it out? Yeah. And why don't you just try an experiment? Yep. You're going to be back here in two weeks. How about you, you spend the next two weeks really leaning into, you know, mirroring or reflecting back. Yeah. We're trying to get what you want by reflecting back what you mm-hmm. need. I, 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 I stumble on, or I use this sentence that Terry often uses this idea of how do I give you what you need in order for me to get what I yeah. want? Like, and people will go like, oh, that sounds manipulative. And I go, well, it's not really. It's just, it's just transactional, mm-hmm. right? Like that's, we do this every day at the restaurant. We go, hey, I'd like a hamburger. What do you need? I need seven dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, here's seven dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, and we don't feel like that's manipulative, but but it is. I guess you know, relationships are transactional, and part of it is for trying to figure out how to how to get what you need, not by demanding it or saying "What about me?" but as much as saying, "Hey, I know exactly what I want, and how do I set you up for success to make sure I get that?" Yep. You know. Ooh. Okay. So take that back to the sex. I know exactly what I want. I want more sex. I, yeah. And I want you to. This is the one that drives me bonkers. I want more sex, but I want you to be into it and I want you to initiate it. That's yeah. a losing proposition. That's exactly but it. Yeah, that's exactly if, it. If that's what you want, then how do I give you what you need? I need emotional connection. Mm-hmm. I need you to look me in mm-hmm. the eye. I need you to treat me like an angel the whole day. Date my pants off. 
<laughs> yeah. I, I like need you to rub phrase. your hand or a lot of the small on my back without trying to grab my tits yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I can get what I want. So give me emotional connection, date me so that I can get laid and, yeah. you know, ejaculate, whatever. So uh, this has been an interesting transition. I felt very smart. You asked me a lot of good questions that I felt like I hadn't knew the answers to. Um, yeah. So I appreciate you setting me up. Well, I know you would. I was like, I was like, uh, I needed, I, I'm a little stuck here and I didn't, I, I didn't have anybody else to ask. So I was like, I'm, I'm going to see what you think. This is why the podcast was born. Yeah. <laughs> Quite literally how the podcast was, we would meet, meet for beers and talk yeah. about where we were stuck and see if we could support each other. That I will say this about traveling as a sober person. It's kind of boring. I wasn't ever like, I didn't ever like want to drink, yeah. but I was tired of being like, can I please have a lemonade? Yeah. Can I get a, can I get a spritzer please? Yeah. You know, no water's fine. Oh wait, can I please get some ice? They don't bring you ice. You don't get ice unless you're like, ask for ice you know so i have this gal i've also mentioned her on the podcast but she's traveling she's doing what i want to be doing which is she said i am not vacationing i am living my life in the world her name's shalene johnson i follow her she's a podcaster influencer blah 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 she's a spicy like californian woman in her later years 50 plus I'm in my fifties. I got on the Peloton the other well, day well, and I was I have like, to finish, I have to finish. I, w- I will, but I was jarred because now my little thing on the right says 50. Zach or says my name, yeah. you know, male fifties, Seattle. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's there. It's there. Yeah. Um, but she's, she's basically like, has all of these like things that she's realizing as she's going through. So she's just living her life, bouncing around as a multimillionaire, able to do that. Um, working from different cities. So she was in Nice recently and she was, it was all of her thoughts. And one of the random thoughts that she had was, do they think I'm an asshole if I ask for ice or, <laughs> which I didn't know was a thing. Why is, why is ice not served in other countries? I do not know. But you know what else is a thing is it's, am, am I the asshole? A-I-T-A, am I, A-I-T-A is a thing. Am it's I a, the asshole? A, yeah. Well, I can just about guarantee that as a male a white male from the United States, your answer should be yes at all times. For, yeah, I, I felt that 100%. I was like, please, please, may I please get directions. Thank you so much for giving yes. me directions. I, I really appreciate you allowing me to walk around your beautiful country. <laughs> you know, like, That's um, interesting. I think maybe you had an experience of what it might be like to just sort of live in this world, maybe even the United States, not being a white male, a privileged individual. Like, what is it like to be a child? Again, growing this up? is why I want to kind of wait. I have, I want to form some really uh, actual real thoughts about this because I would never say, oh yeah, now I understand what it needs to be a minority. Yeah. I, I would yes. never say that. Yeah. But I do, I did have the experience of walking around and feeling unseen in the sense that like, I, I looked around and I saw the majority yeah. of Koreans. Yeah. And, and I noticed that I, what, like, because of that, I didn't see, I didn't really see white people or I didn't really see, I did like, a, like my, my brain just didn't like ass, uh, assimilate them. And I was like, holy cow, <laughs> that is literally what blacks and Koreans and <laughs> others feel in, in, in Seattle or <laughs> in North America or in, you know, whatever it was. So again, I have a lot we'll more to learn about that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I think we need to do more travel. Um, totally. All right. Well, let's go ahead and land this plane. If you want us to come to your country yeah. and uh, teach something, that's true. Make let it us happen. Know. 
make yeah. it happen. Okay. Uh, let's do this. By the way, uh, I am proud to announce that my weekly series for the summer is sold out. So that's very exciting. Um, and we uh, we have our next workshop that's going to be coming up in the fall. So I'll put that in the outro if you would like to sign up for the weekend intensive coming up in the fall. That's the next opportunity to learn the seven principles for making marriage work by Zach and Laura. I hope it's not 100% totally sold out because I've been, I've been to- telling my clients that they... Uh, I have two clients in particular that are yeah. like, oh, I'm going to do that. Yeah. So maybe there's still time. But if, sorry, guys, if you, uh, if you go and it's sold out, that's my bad. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> uh, there is opportunity in the fall. I assure you that. And folks have already signed up for the fall weekly series. So that's coming up. Very cool. All right. Yeah, well, let's land cool. this. Adios, homeboy. All right. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Thank you again for all of you who reached out uh, regarding NF2. Know that I'm reading your emails and when I am ready, I will engage with that information. As a reminder, also, we do have weekend intensives. Our next one is coming up October 20th and 21st. You can find out more about that by going to marriagetherapyradio.com. And on the right-hand side toward the top of the page, you'll see our weekend intensive information. Click on that and register early. Thanks for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.